This is the Tom Baker Show. Howdy, howdy, and welcome to the Tom Baker Show. I'm Tom, and it is great to be back with you. Um, we have a cool show, I think, for you. I hope you'll find it cool. We've got uh, Jesse Love uh, going to join us in a minute or two, and Jesse is going to talk to us about his announcement this week that he is uh, moving to the NASCAR Xfinity Series. He'll be a 2023 Series rookie. Uh, driving for Richard Childress Racing, which is really awesome for Jesse. Um, he will be driving the two car that Sheldon Creed is vacating at the end of the year. Whelan will remain the sponsor of that Chevrolet, and Jesse will team with Austin Hill. That should be a really formidable team. Uh, Jesse's got a multi-year deal, so he's going to have time to kind of grow into uh, his Xfinity Series shoes, so to speak. And he is really excited to to get to the business of learning to be an Xfinity driver. He'll make his debut at Daytona on the full season. And, of course, he's got a busy season yet to go. Still um, many major shows on the dirt track side of things and some other things with Arkham. But um, I think a lot of people were surprised including me, to be honest, because uh, I hadn't nothing leaked out about this. And Jesse's been a Toyota development driver for several years now, many years. And surprising to see him make the jump to Chevrolet. But um, he'll talk about that in the interview. And so we also are going to sit down and discuss the bombshell for a lot of people. But uh, I actually have known that this is out this has been going on for a little while now that uh, was kind of in the works or being rumored anyway, that uh, High Limit, Kyle Larson's uh, racing group, was going to purchase and has now officially purchased the All-Star Circuit of Champions from Tony Stewart. And uh, we've got um, one of our own, Brandon Hanks, going to join us. Uh, Brandon is um, a... A 410 sprint car racer has been for a number of years, um, part-time now because he's uh, working hard building his insurance business that uh, he's involved with now. And of course, uh, he's now married with uh, a young son. So, um, but Brandon is still uh, itching to get behind the wheel as often as he can. And um, so Brandon is going to join us and we've, we, uh, we're going to have a very long in-depth conversation about this because this, this to me changes everything because the all-star circuit of champions to me has never been competition for the world of outlaws because Tony Stewart has never wanted it to be. So he's got a world of outlaws team and the all-star circuit of champions has always been a smaller series, less number of races. And, um, it's been more regional. Really? I think high limit has a bit of a different, um, plan. And so we're going to sort of discuss all sides of this and really get into a deep dive. And Brandon has got some very candid 
points of view about this, as do I. And so excited about that. Um, and I also want to tell you that uh, we've got another show that uh, is coming at you next week that uh, we're going to talk about. Uh, the show is called To Stream or Not to Stream. Uh, little uh, motorsport Shakespeare there. Um, but uh, Stephen Ovens from the Land of Legends Raceway, formerly turn, from Turn 5 Media. Um, Stephen is uh, one of the top motorsports media figures up in the Northeast, especially on the dirt side of things. And Stephen uh, is one of the driving forces behind the growth of the Land of Legends live stream broadcasts. Um, he's one of the, the main voices as well. But uh, you're going to hear quite a story about how they've built their uh, business model with this and, and uh, what they get out of their free live streams. Um, and he's going to present a very strong argument, which I happen to agree with, of why all tracks at this point should be doing it. I mean, you, you just, it's, it's 2023. You just, you have to. You really do. I think you almost have to. If you're a short track, you really want to make the most of uh, marketing and sponsorship and all that. I think you have to. And so we're going to we're going to really get into a deep dive of that next week. But for this show, it's going to be all about Jesse Love for a few minutes. And then we're going to talk with Brandon Hanks about um, dirt sprint car racing, 410 sprint car racing and high limit and what's possible now. And what's likely as we go forward between High Limit and the World of Outlaws and how all that's going to look, we're going to open some discussion on that. And, uh, of course, all of you should feel free to jump in via the comment section of either the social media you're seeing this on or SteeringWellNation.com, where it's originating from. Uh, Just feel free to, uh, if you you, uh, come into Steering Will Nation and just uh, register, uh, subscribe, however you want to put it, it's free. Um, and then just choose uh, whatever content that you want. You'll be able to comment. You'll be able to add your own thoughts. Um, you know, hit the like button, all the good things you can do on any other social you can do now on steeringwellnation.com because we have the first motorsports community app. So excited about uh, all of that. And we're going to get started with it with Jesse Love talking about next year and the Xfinity series. By the way, this show being brought to you by WiggityWayneSauces.com. Wiggity Wayne Sauces are perfect for your motorsports tailgating party. You're between race days grilling and cookout, your home cookout, whatever you're doing, or even if you're just making it in your kitchen. Steak, chicken, whatever. He's got sauces of a variety of different flavors from zero to, oh my God, it's hot. Um, and uh, ketchups in that same variety of, uh, of hotness. And uh, he's also got a, a full line of rubs and all of those are ever expanding. And he's got some really cool, unique flavors. So uh, Wiggity Wayne, W-I-G-G-I-D-Y, Wiggity Wayne Sauces.com. Wayne Hanslick is a racer and he did this. He was inspired by the idea of um, giving the racers 
something that feels like it was made for them. So check them out and try them. WiggityWayneSauces.com and follow them on all the socials as well. Here is Jesse Love. Jesse Love for 2024, switching from Toyota to Chevy and hopping behind the wheel of the Richard Childress Racing number two full time for the Xfinity Series. Jesse, when you were 10 or 11 years old, could you ever have dreamed that you would have an opportunity to drive for somebody like Richard Childress? Yeah, you know it's kind of funny because I had a picture like when I was like 10 or 11 with with Richard. I think I was like 12 years old, and uh, you know it's obviously cool to see it come full circle. And yeah, you know they they came to me um, about halfway through the year and I was still content with my Toyota deal and then some things changed, some dominoes fell and when they came back around and talked to him again, um, you know, everybody's really interested. So, uh, obviously really grateful. God's put a lot of great people in my life and hopefully next year doesn't change. Uh, Let's give it a beat. Hopefully we can still win some races and and contend at, at least and get better every week. Well, so uh, let's talk about this year for a minute. You got yourself an ARCA championship, which was a huge accomplishment. Um, and uh, as we talk to you tonight, you're here at Millbridge doing something else I know you love to do. So kind of talk about your season a little bit. Yeah, it's been great. Even, even on the dirt, obviously picked up, I think, four wins on the dirt yeah. this year. And uh, the ARCA stuff's just been phenomenal. Super late stuff's been mediocre, but obviously still picked up an ASA win, so that was big. And just a great year, needed a big year. And, uh, you know, obviously set myself up really well for for what I signed a few days ago so kind of crazy like you know wasn't sure what this year was going to hold obviously it's my contract year and uh, obviously needed to you know set myself up to have a good free agency year and I'm glad that I was able to do that. So 2024 full-time Xfinity how will that affect uh, this other stuff that you like to do on the dirt will we still be seeing a little bit of Jesse on the dirt track circuit? Yeah Richard's cool the dirt he, he liked that I ran dirt when I was talking to him for the first time and he wasn't. He didn't know I, how much dirt I did, and obviously the sprint car and the midget and the micro stuff is is big in his mind. So it's cool to be with a team owner that accepts that. And um, obviously, I think if I went the other route, I probably wouldn't be able to do it. So I'm uh, really grateful that he's let me do it. And you know, maybe some things might change down the road if he you know changes his mind. But uh, <laughs> for now, you know, looking forward. Obviously, you know, continue to race Chad Boat next year and run the Chili Bowl and the Shootout and all that stuff, and try to run some sprint car stuff next year. Be my goal. What is a reasonable expectation for Jesse Love going into his first full-time Xfinity season starting at Daytona? Yeah, you know, realistically, making the playoffs be big and uh, being able to win some races and being in contention. You know, I, I try not to get too worked up in the in the result side of things. A lot of things can happen, and uh, I just got to put together good weekends and keep the nose on it so we can, you know, build fast race cars and not repair them. So uh, that's my biggest, you know, goal is just to go by every week and, and be proud of myself. And if I feel like if I do that, uh, then the wins will come eventually and, and obviously you know set yourself up for a deep playoff run and in the first year some of that might be lofty expectations but I think down the road it being a three-year deal uh, definitely helps myself out. Hearing a lot of conversation lately about the whole sort of ARCA to trucks to Xfinity to Cup and do we really need trucks can we go from ARCA to Xfinity from your point of view as a driver and I know you haven't driven the Xfinity car yet but um, what, would, what do you kind of think about all that? Yeah I think that you know, the, the ARCA stuff probably translates a little bit more to the, the Xfinity car. And the truck stuff, there just seems to be a lot of cons about it and not really any of the Xfinity deal. Um, you know, the, the truck stuff is just being so draggy and you kind of get back in there in the hornet's nest and 
so many things can happen, and obviously I think the Xfinity car probably sees my driving style a little bit more, um, you know, driving off the right rear, a little bit more off throttle time, so I'm looking forward to it. I think that it'll suit my driving style more than, a, than, a, than the truck does, and the truck stuff's been fine, um, and I like the truck deal, but I think I like the Xfinity car a little bit more. You've got a teammate in Austin Hill who's obviously well experienced and is coming back and, and have the two of you spoken at all? Do you know Austin well? Kind of what are you, uh, where are you with that relationship and what are you looking for out of that? Yeah, I know Austin from when he was in the TD2 program like myself years okay. ago and, and that was that's big because I know him on a personal basis a little bit. Um, biggest thing is just there's so much I can learn from Austin and, and I respect him a lot as a person as a race car driver and the first two races of the year being you know Daytona and in Atlanta, um, you know, I might have to lean on him a lot and, and try to learn as much as I can, and just be humble about it, and know that obviously there's a lot of people that know more than, than more than I do. So um, Austin's one of those people that can help me out a lot, and hopefully he's gracious enough to uh, teach me some things. Okay, I know that you can't do any of this by yourself, so you know my last question: Who helps you make it all happen, Justin? Yeah, obviously, you know, all glory to God. It's pretty cool. He's put these people in my life, and. The biggest thing for me next year is having the support from Wheeland to be able to do this. You know, I don't have the funding to go, you know, buy myself into a, a full-time Xfinity ride with no with no help. And Wheeland has helped me out a ton, and, and signing that deal was, was huge for me. So I'm grateful that Wheeland trusts me to support their brand and to represent them well, and uh, I'm glad that Richard does as well. Okay, Jesse Love looking for big things in 2024, but right now he's here at Millbridge to win a race tonight. Brandon Hanks has joined us now, and uh, Brandon, of course, is a 410 sprint car racer from Memphis, Tennessee, and uh, has had great success in a variety of different uh, types of machinery, uh, mostly on dirt tracks, and um, and Brandon has been paying attention. It was from Brandon that I first heard the rumor that uh, High Limit was going to make the purchase of uh tony stewart's all-star circuit of champions back some weeks ago and we've discussed that back and forth uh kind of leading up to the official announcement um so brandon now that the announcement's been made uh and and we know that kyle larson and brad sweet and their high limit uh organization is going to be taking the reins of the all-star circuit of champions first of all i'm curious from a driver point of view does this does this even matter to you and if so why what what are you sort of looking uh at this thinking that it could do either in a good or a bad way for uh for your particular um uh point of view as a 410 sprint car racer from the mid-south well First of all, it's huge. This is a this is a pretty big deal. Um, I agree from a from a lot of perspectives, and I know you asked uh, on a separate occasion if this was going to be a threat to the outlaws. It's absolutely a threat to the outlaws. Um, Do you see them I, taking it that way? Oh, for sure, for sure. This is capitalism at its best. Because let's go back to why the why I believe this is happening. This is and I'm, everything I'll say today is going to be my opinion. I do have a quote or two, but fair enough. So here's how I look at it. So what happens when you when you're on the outlaw tour? They they 
they don't allow you to go race with any other series uh, within a given time, within a certain amount of time. Now, when the last race ends, they're free to go do whatever they want until come February when the season starts again. But, you know, when, when Kyle and Brad came up with this whole high-limit idea, you know, it was midweek races, nothing that's going to affect an outlaw schedule, nothing. There's no, There was no competition, right? And so when this deal was brought up and the outlaws said, okay, if you go run six or more high-limit races, we're basically going to pull you from points and tow money and all these things with the outlaws. And so that was just basically a kick in the stomach. And, you know, th- they weren't willing to play ball, even though this was not even a threat. Right. I don't believe, you know, in the, in the beginning. And so now what you've got is you've got Kyle and Brad that are thinking, okay, so how, if they're going to play hardball, we'll, uh, we'll just do something on our own. And so when, when the announcement came out about, high limit buying the all-stars now well i said capitalism works well what i mean by that is uh, competition is good because this is what's going to make the outlaws really take a step back and think like what are we doing wrong here okay and i think i think what they did was was wrong because essentially what could have happened they could have worked together and instead of looking at it from a competition standpoint they could have worked together and instead you're going to play hardball well I mean, you throw a, you throw a rock, somebody's going to throw a brick. So, um, I just think this is going to be a big deal because now, and there's no set, there's not a schedule yet. Everybody's anxious to see the schedule. Um, I think you're going to see about a 60 race schedule, which is probably 20, 25 really? less than the, than the outlaws. Okay. Um, you're, they're going to pay more. So that in itself, pay is more a big per deal race. For, is that what you're saying? Pay a bigger purse. Pay a bigger purse for each race. Is that what you're saying? Yes, pay a bigger purse for each okay. race. You're going to have less races, so you're going to have more downtime. Um, you're not going to your whole year is not going to be eat up uh, nearly like it was. Um, if you're so running from, the outlaws, a, you're if you're running with the outlaws, yeah. right? Okay. And so this even opens up the door for people that maybe want to step it up and somebody that i've been thinking about i've been thinking about a couple but like tim's and han and guys like that are looking at a 60 race schedule thinking that's a lot that's doable that's more that's a lot and it doesn't cost nearly as much um so it's going to help your cost you're going to be making more money and i mean it's it's with kyle larson and brad sweet and i uh i i don't think it's uh it's a it's a no-brainer to know that those two guys are very well known, and I, I just think that um, I think the outlaws have, have uh, really—they're in trouble. Um, I think. I mean, High Limits also stolen uh, Mike Hess. Uh, Mike Hess has moved on, and he's—he was let go by the outlaws, and now he's going to be with High Limit. Um, there's just a lot developing, and I think this is—I'm telling—I'm going back to what I said earlier. This is going to make the outlaws really take a step back and think about uh, what they're doing. Um, mm. Because I also think that I think you're going to split the ha- the field in half. I think you do. Um, yeah, I really do. I think, I think half the outlaws that we know of now are probably not going to show up and I could be wrong. Um, I think you see 
the 15 go. I think you see Gravel, uh, Hod, uh, Baston. Uh, if Sweet's going, then I'm going to say Kane and McFadden are going. Wow. Um, I'm going to say Selzy goes. Um, and that leaves you with the Outlaws, I think. I'm going to say, I'm going to make sure I get everybody here. The 7S, which is Price, I'm going to say he stays. I'm going to say Gas stays. Macedo. And I'm going to say both Shark cars. Um, Zerfoss, I'm not, I don't know. I don't know where Zerfoss goes. Um, that's all the ones I can think of off the top of my head. But it's it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. Uh, it's probably gonna be the most interesting off season that I can remember. So, yeah. um, but yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say this is really you're you're um you're making some pretty bold statements here, and I'm not saying I disagree with some of them, but I but I, I do want to kind of unpack this. So, in your yeah. point of view, um. And and I would agree with this. Kyle Larson and Brad Sweet didn't buy the All Stars to not go bigger than what the All Stars currently are. So if you look right. at you know the typical All Star schedule, and you envision okay, well Kyle and Brad are going to want to do something probably a little bigger and and broader and uh, make it more national than yes. regional which is one of the things then you're going to have to add races to the to the current schedule or take some away and well, so, go ahead. given the fact that given the fact that they're both california guys and they love california and, and like gold cup is a big thing i yep. i'm willing to bet everything that gold cup will be a high limit race so then that'll pretty much tell you that they're going to go out west so i mean it's going to be a it's going to be a national thing and where the all-stars are really focused on it's like north northeast and they would come down to the mid-south yeah um, not very much but they definitely didn't go out west so yeah east of the mississippi yeah they're gonna they're gonna grow it and it's gonna be a full-blown competition between the two and i i still think they keep the midweek title um i think I think you'll still have that maybe 11, 12 races of a midweek thing. Um, I think that was good, and that gives Kyle something to come run. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's he made himself pretty rich uh, yeah. this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and so I, I think that gives Kyle something to do during the week. Um, I'm going to say there will be two, two separate titles. Um, again, this is all my opinion, and this is rumors I hear, and I'm just kind of taking it all in, and I put it, I put it where I think where it's going to land, but yeah. that doesn't, that doesn't make it right, so, um, again, it's, it's just all opinion, but, um, but yeah, going back to its competition, I mean, there was a quote from Tony Stewart, and it was something along the lines of, like, uh, the, there are some series who don't give a flying F about the competitors and their actions have shown that. So that, again, that's why I think the 15 will go. I think he's done. And wow. Yeah. And so that's a pretty bold statement. And I, uh, like I said, I'm very interested to see where this goes. Uh, we, uh, we're, we're, uh, Brad Bowden and I, we talk a lot. We talk, um, all the time about this stuff and we're both pretty excited um about what's the what's to come so uh and you know in, in the right situation that's a better situation for somebody like us uh less races more money and you know i uh i, I would love to do the, the midweek thing uh myself but uh i don't know that's a that's a totally different subject but um 
but yeah, I, I think it's going to be great. It's, um, it's intriguing to think about this as a full-blown competition. The World of Outlaws have had other situations in the past, uh, but not for a long time, where there have been two uh, really sort of competing national tours. Um, the Outlaws, for many years now, have basically owned that piece of 410 sprint car racing, and as we've said, the all-star circuit of champions has been mostly a regional series that focuses a majority of its time east of the Mississippi. And then, as you say, dips into the Mid-South, but it doesn't stay there too long. Um, and that's what's made that series affordable for racers who cannot um you know do the 80 plus 90 plus race world of outlaws schedule but you you always could kind of go back and forth a little bit if you wanted to now i find that the your uh your assertion that the outlaws which obviously is not an assertion it's true the outlaws have limited the amount of high limit shows that their teams can compete with or compete in and still um, be eligible for points and all of the, the good stuff uh, that, that the World of Outlaws offers. I find that to be potentially a key in this whole thing, because if if Kyle and Brad come in and immediately put out, you know, a 50, 60 race schedule and all of the races have higher purses than outlaw races do. Um, and so in theory, as you say, you could run less races, but get paid more per race. And we know that flow racing is going to back this. Um, and so you've got now the live stream distribution that you need. Um, well, see, this is a win. This is a win for flow racing because well, now you're not, you're not going to have two competing 410 series in your and in, in wing series and in, in your uh lineup so now you've you've got compiled both the series now into one and so and that's that's good for them too well you know what i mean because they don't have the world of outlaws you know right. obviously the world of outlaws has their own uh streaming uh s- streaming platform for all of their divisions and and uh and it's it's a fine platform but it's not on flow racing so now flow gets the equivalent of a world of outlaws type it's not 12 races it's going to be you know a a large number of races and as you say you may still have the separate little mini series within a series kind of like arca does um but i think that the whole key to this now is going to be first of all how do the teams react and you're you're saying that you think it sounds like you think a fairly hefty number of the full-time World of Outlaw teams will convert over to high limit. Um, and what, I, I say that because a lot of the teams, and it's kind of irritating because, in my opinion, they they have the best job ever, and they complain about you know not coming home and. And not having time off and things. Well, that but, is a big deal, though. And and it is a big deal. Uh, but to the people that work for a living and have to turn around, come home, go to their jobs, get yeah. the cars ready, and go back, I feel like they don't have room to complain. 
that's just my opinion. Well, but, 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 uh, but no, I, so a lot of the guys, a lot of team members, they talk about getting burned out. And so I think that, and even the drivers talk about, they just wish they had a few less races and, and a little more time to go and do things. And sure. I think, I think that's going to be, uh, I think, I think that I really think that that's going to be a, a game changer. And especially when they can go out and win more money. And, you know, I, I just think that, um, I think that high limits got the, uh, the high ground here and the outlaws are going to have to, they're going to have to step it up. They're going to have to do something different. It's going to be interesting. What do you think if you, it, let's play a little bit of, uh, a little bit of role play here. Uh, just point of view. If, if you are the world of outlaws, and this announcement comes out, and of course, this rumor—it's been out there for a while. It's not like it—it—it it, it came straight out of left field. Nobody knew about it. Um, if you're the world of outlaws, what are you thinking right now? What are you? What are your? What are you talking about in your weekly meetings? What are you strategizing about? What are you? You know, if you're the world of outlaws, what's going on in your mind at this moment? I'm freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> Full blown panic. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would, I would be talking to drivers. I would be trying to incentivize them somehow, some way. I don't know. I haven't given this a whole lot of thought until you asked, but I would be trying to do my best to keep who I have. And I would, and if I can't keep who I have, I'm going out and I'm trying to find more drivers that would commit like a Han or like a Tim's or people like that yeah. to come on and, and run with them instead. And, um, I mean, that's, as far as the money goes, I don't, I don't know how they do that. I don't know how, um, you know, how can you bring more money in there, pay more money, uh, maybe more tow money. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how all that works with those guys, but, um, I'm doing something to make sure that my drivers want to stay and give them reasons. And, and, um, I don't know. I, it, like I said, I, I don't know about all that side of it um, or what's going on in those conversations. But um, I, I read this and and I'm thinking to myself, we got to do better. We're going to have to do something different than what we're doing. We and I don't know if you can. I mean, you can't. You can't tell your drivers you can't go do this. Like you, I don't. I well, don't agree not. with that. I don't. I don't agree with that because when you tell somebody they can't do something, they don't. They <laughs> they don't like that and they're not they're more than likely gonna uh rebel um yeah in my opinion yeah. and so i just think that you, you're gonna have to pull that pull that away and i mean if you have six loyal guys you know that's on you right now i guess um they could have many more i think if they'd have just like i said if they'd have just played nice and went with it to begin with um I, I just don't see where they felt so threatened. And I know you and I had talked about it on the phone before. Um, but I didn't understand the whole being threatened thing by midweeks, you know, midweek series. And well, uh, I, I thought it was a good thing for sprint car racing. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I don't know why they've done that. But I, uh, I just think that's, uh, that's, that's on a lot of people's minds. And I think if Brad and Kyle are smart, they're not gonna, they're not gonna do that. They're not gonna say that. Um, they're going to allow their drivers to do what they want. And, you know, hey, if, if you run X amount of races, uh, this like this percentage amount of races this year, you get the tow money, um, you get the points fund. And if not, 
uh, you don't get it. I'm plain and simple. Um, ASCS was that way. Uh, I ran just past 75 percent of the races in 2014 on the national tour. Okay. And I uh, I was the only one that was that wasn't full time. Didn't commit to full time, but I ran every race on basically on this side of the country, and it was just enough percentage to get me points fund money. So I think that's fair. And I mean, I ran USCS races and other races right here at home. I mean, they they didn't complain to me about that. Uh, they just gave me a number and said, "You got to run this many races to get points fund," and 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 I was able to do that. Okay. And I think that's fair enough. I don't I don't know what's wrong with that. But. Well, yeah, and, and I agree with you. I mean, I'm I'm not, um, you know, I'm not a big believer in trying to um, strangle your competitors, and I see this all the time in the sport. Um, you know, you have tracks, for example, here in 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 the in the south where I'm at, uh, southeast. You have tracks that run pavement late models and they put their own little wrinkles in the rule book so that it's not as easy for their drivers to go run other tracks or whatever. It's um, I see this kind of sort of cutthroat, you know, possession kind of thing go on all the time in the sport. And it's the worst thing to me that you can do because it immediately presents you in in exactly the opposite kind of light to your competitors that that you would want to be um, presented as and i think the world of outlaws have tried to sort of i mean i you know a phrase like restraint of trade is a big phrase and it's probably maybe isn't what you do but when you tell a driver uh that you know you can only go run six of these other races and um otherwise you're going to lose x y and z with us you're immediately forcing that driver to pick and choose and that kind of forced loyalty if it isn't accompanied by a top-notch you know really you know you you better have your ducks in a row uh and i feel like what's what could happen here with with this situation is i have no idea what sponsors or how much you know disposable income uh kyle and brad and the group at high limit is is going to be working with in this first year but i feel like we could be in a situation where if 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 90 percent you know half 75 90 percent of the biggest world of outlaw teams pull out of the outlaws and go run this high limit deal now what you've created is you put the outlaws really in a in an in a very bad position where it's going to be hard for them to 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 continue and if that happens then you know is there a chance that we lose the world of outlaw sprint car series or um it becomes kind of so secondary to this new high limit deal that now high limit becomes what the world of outlaws has been because yep. now they're the only game in town and um as you say competition's good so you know i feel like and i've seen you know a lot of the fans are kind of disappointed with with the the midweek high limit mostly because kyle's winning you know a bunch of his own races and they're kind of like well you know he keeps talking about how he wants to better the sport but basically what he's doing is he's he's making a series so he can go win a bunch of money 
And of course, the response to that is, well, yeah, but, you know, like everybody has a chance to win. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. You I mean, know, he, he, go he, beat him. You know, you know, yeah, he he's had 40, 40 other guys yeah. out there and try to beat him, and, and he's still beating them. So I mean, I mean you know, I, you know that's, that's that's not a... on him. He's they're just that good. But you know, I uh, I I don't want to sound like I'm just bashing the outlaws. The outlaws to me in the past, I've had such great experiences with the outlaws. Oh, of course, I, I love how they run their shows, and I, I've just I have nothing to complain about. I just think that when you restrain them from such a good opportunity to go out and make yep. that much money during the week when nothing's happening, when nothing's going on, it's, you know, they could make the trip over, maybe win a little extra money and then go on to your event the next week. I just don't know what, what to complain about was, you know, I, I don't understand why that was such a, a big deal. Um, it's good to me. I think if you, it's kind of like when the outlaws go to PA, I think if you have all the outlaws going, high limit races and they dominate the high limit races well then it makes the outlaws look that much better i would agree with that i just think that that was that would have been a great card to play but instead you restrained them only limited them to so many races and now they're pissed off at you and i just don't i just don't uh i just don't agree with that move and and now you know look where it it could possibly be getting them and i think the outlaws will will still definitely be around but um i don't know i I don't know. I, I I do feel like that if they stay on this trajectory and High Limit keeps getting all this this um, this publicity and, and Kyle and, and Brad keep doing what they're doing and they they can. I mean, we're gonna see how good a salesman they are. You know what kind For of sure. tracks they can yep. go out and get. Um, so I mean, if they can do what they're doing, um, they're gonna be they're gonna be huge. And uh, it, which really stinks because I think the Outlaws was was really gaining some momentum. Uh, I know you may not play video games, but you know the Outlaws released that new video game last year, and, and it was really, I think, well received. And um, you know, I thought I thought that they were starting to get a little more uh, from that. Um, sure. And I I just think that uh, they had a good thing going, and then that one decision was just enough, I think, to uh, to hurt them really, really well, bad. So, do you think that that one decision is what drove this? this action by high limit though i mean do you think that even if the outlaws hadn't said you can only run six in other words if they had just sort of ignored it and said look we're doing our thing they're doing theirs you know it, it it's whatever do you do you think um that kyle and brad and high limit don't still um go go out and make this move um because honestly i I understand what you're saying from the driver's point of view, um, but I I'm not convinced that that it was that restriction or that decision that the outlaws made that suddenly put the idea in Kyle and Brad's mind. Well, fine, then we'll just go, you know, put you out of business or whatever. You know, no. we'll, we'll go. I I think this would have happened anyways, but I but 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 I think it it does add a little extra motivation. No, I hear you. Um, you know, we go back to what Tony said about a series that doesn't care about its competitors. He could have been referring to that, and he could have been referring to much more than that. Yeah. Um, I don't know what goes on in that outlaw trailer uh, every week. I don't follow the outlaw tour, so I don't I don't know what those teams hear or see right. on a week-to-week basis so there could be a lot more but it could have been the straw that broke the camel's back too you yeah. know what i mean like it's it could have just, that could have just been the last nail in the coffin yeah um 
And, and you know, like I said at the top of the show, I wanted to make sure everybody understood that I could be totally wrong. Like 90% of them could stay. Yeah. And, and, uh, but it's just my opinion because I think, I think what the high limit has to offer is much more attractive. Um, right now, that's just, that's just my opinion. Um, do you maybe think I'm little, maybe I'm a little biased? How but. much do you think? And I understand, like we should, uh, I guess I should explain to, to the audience that, you know, Brandon is a gentleman who he has, you know, he's married. He has a young child. He, you know, he works for a living, um, and, and is not a full-time racer, so to speak. So his um, points of view and his opinions and, and his ways of looking at all of this in some way, obviously he represents the blue collar sprint car racer that's trying to find a way to generate the sponsorship and the ability to, uh, you know, put put a competitive car on the racetrack uh, in, in one of these series and now looks at... Uh, Obviously, I think you look at high limit and, and you're focusing on, and I think this is where you're kind of basing a lot of your thoughts about most of the racers that would jump ship is you can make the same or more money running maybe less. 20% to even 30% yeah. less races. Yes. And I'm an insurance guy that races. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I love insurance, but, uh, but anyway, um, but yeah, no, that's how, that's exactly how I'm looking at it. And, uh, I mean, I, I, to me, what's not to like, I mean, even like I said, we were talking about the, two, the crew guys and the drivers earlier about how they get burned out over yeah. an 80, 80, 90 race season. They, they want to race less and if they can race less for more money, why not? You know, why not do that? And I, I think there's a lot of prestige that comes with what high limits have to offer. Um, I mean, You've got possibly the best race car driver in the world that's going to be running it. Um, he's going to be in the Indy 500 next year. Yep. I mean, he, he everybody knows him, and they he's promoting the series, and everybody's going to want to pay attention, I think, to this series. And so I, I think they're cheating a little bit there. They have they have a a, a pretty good card to play well, with 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 Kyle, and so and then you got you Brad, and then Brad looking to be a, a five time champion, the Outlaws. Um, I mean, he, he has a ton of prestige. I mean, he, he, uh, he's obviously pretty good at promoting the, the series and running, running the series. And they've been very open about mistakes that they've made and, and wanting to get better. And I mean, they just, they have a lot, a lot of good things going for them right now. And, um, that's why I say if I'm the outlaws, I'm, I'm worried and we need to, we need to get up off of it and we need to do something about it. And I'm sure they are. I'm sure they're not just sitting back watching this. Um, I'm sure they're on the phones. I'm sure they're, uh, I'm sure they're meeting up with drivers and I'm, I'm sure they're doing what they can do, uh, with sponsors and, um, they're looking to make things better. Um, and you know, I hope they do. I hope that these two series, um, I hope they try to better, uh, each other and, uh, make sprint car racing all around better. Here's um, what's interesting, though, about this, Brandon. If you really think about this, if you're the World of Outlaws right now, you've been used to 80 to 90 races a year, and that's your business model. Um, uh -huh. Now, 
uh, all of a sudden, here comes this other series. And again, we're speculating here because they haven't announced their schedule. We don't know exactly how many races they're going to run. And we're we're making an assumption that these races are going to pay more total purse per the each than World of Outlaws does only because that's been high limits business model from the start. And it was it was Kyle Larson's biggest complaint about the Chili Bowl when he decided to skip town on it and stop running it. It, doesn't, it didn't pay enough to win. And, um, you know, Kyle yeah. left. And, and for me personally, I didn't notice the difference, to be honest. It was still the Chili Bowl. But now all of a sudden you look a year later and we're talking about a big, you know. Now, I'm not a big fan of putting uh, big purses up to win and and ignoring the, the, the guys at the bottom like, Brandon Hanks, who, who, you know, isn't necessarily, um, he's a family owned team and, and you need to me, I think you need to start from the bottom up with a purse and make it as easy for the most cars to come and compete. But, um, but, but this has been high limits MO from, from the start is, you know, big money to win big money races. So we're assuming that's going to be the case here. And, um, and and we're speculating it could be somewhere around 50 60 races now if you're the world of outlaws boy how do you if you say well they're going to do what they can do you do you move off the 80 to 90 race schedule in other words do you do you try to adopt a similar business model to what high limit has now we're going to pay more purse money but less races and if so um how does that again play into what the world of outlaws has always been? Um, and and if you're if you're a race team, even if the outlaws could match what High Limit is doing, okay, same purse, same number of races. Are you? hanging around with the world of outlaws or are you going to the new and, and, and sexy and, and, you know, exciting thing. <laughs> see, you're, and, and see, you're asking the wrong guy because I, I don't know. I'm going back to what Tony said. And I, I think what's happened is, is, is you've hurt the relationship now. I think because Tony sounds fed up with those guys, in my opinion. And, and you know, the 15 car may go right back to the outlaws next year. Yeah. I don't know. I, again, this is everything we're saying is pure speculation. It's opinion. It's things that we hear. It's rumors we hear. Again, for the audience, I, the 15 is Donnie Schatz, Tony Stewart Racing's 10 time champion right. driver. Okay. So, right. Right. Yeah. So, 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 you know, does he pull off? Does Donnie even, does Donnie even race next year? Does he retire? I mean, a lot of people have been talking about, does he retire? Um, I know, uh, that podcast I listened to. Uh, quite a bit uh dirt daily i mean they were talking about that back in july so uh you know does is this an opportunity to to maybe lay off um does donnie lay off um you know i I don't know i don't know what the future of that 15 car even looks like yeah uh because you know when i uh when i think about this I, i i actually got to hang out with tony back in may for just a little while and I mean, he just, he's, he's so happy. I think where he is, I think he's really just trying to lay back and, and enjoy himself a little more. Yeah. Uh, you know, he made the comment to me that day that, you know, he, he has a lot of people approach him about this racetrack failing and, and, you know, can't, you know, would he be interested in buying it? And he was just, you know, just the look on his face was like, you know, 
I'm not made of money. I wish I could. I wish I could save racing altogether, yeah. but I just can't do it. And so the the man cares about it, but I just think he's he's he just to me kind of gave me the vibe of he felt a little overwhelmed, and I think um, he was just kind of ready to just back off. He's he's done his thing. He's made racing better than it was when he found it, in my opinion. I agree. And and you know he's done his job, and I think it's just time for him to enjoy himself. So that that brings back that is does the 15 even come back does Donnie, does Donnie go? does he maybe just do something part-time on his own or does he just quit cold turkey um i don't know man i really i really don't know um about what the outlaws are gonna do but um it'll be like i said it'll it'll be interesting i'm i'm just going off the information that i know now yeah but we're gonna we're definitely gonna have to hear more um i would love to hear statements from from the outlaws but do they do they back down how many races they run i don't i don't know like you said that's their that's their signature that's their business and model yep. it's, yeah it's, that's their signature do you quit doing what you're doing there i don't know i i, I honestly think you you just you have to incentivize more money more more uh maybe more money to win or like you said, maybe guys at the bottom, maybe if you come run and you can run 10th and you make a lot more money than you would have the year before, or, um, I don't know, you, you're, you're definitely going to have to be looking at doing something along those lines. I just think it's interesting because when I look at, at I've all, and I've always thought this, when I look at the World of Outlaws sprint cars, there's, you know, 85, 90 races, whatever the actual number is, 80 to 90 plus, whatever, um, races, you look at the, the World of Outlaws late models, half that, you know, you, right. you look at the, the, the super dirt, uh, super dirt car modifieds, big block modifieds up in the Northeast, half that, okay, it's, it's, the World of Outlaws sprint cars are the only, uh, type of racing that I know of that runs 90 races a year. It, it's and and when you look at the things everybody talks about in the sport now, and and you know even when I I mean I'm a Northeast guy. When I moved down here, um, to the North Carolina area, and I started to hear late model tracks talk about how you know they they run only x amount of races a year because people don't want to race every week i couldn't believe that i'm like how you but see down here in this part of the country in the southern half even where you are in the memphis area in the southern half of the country the seasons can be longer on the calendar because of course you know you don't um you don't have to shut down in september or october because it could snow anytime um most of the time <laughs> here you can you know and and there's there's racing at charlotte motor speedway year round almost so um you know the, it's an entirely different thing and i and i and i wonder about um how High Limit is now going to take what already certainly is a well-established series. I mean, this series already runs a bunch of tracks. They've run, you know, they've it's it's a great series, but it's always been sort of a, you know, a, a regional series that caters to a specific niche of the 410 sprint car market. If you're Tony Stewart racing, you may own that series, but you're not competing full-time in it. You're running with the world of outlaws. Um, I wonder now how, you know, it all works out and gets repositioned. Um, and I think it's going to be fascinating because I think, um, 
the world of outlaws again have have um, mostly since their inception have mostly been the the king of the hill so to speak and they've been able to kind of set the bar for what 410 sprint car racing is um and if you want to compete with them um it's you know you, you that's you got to run 80 races or whatever it is now um if you have a high limit series come in and put 50 or 60 races out um and pay more money per race to where in theory a race team could run less races but still um you know make as much or more money and we know that the prestige is going to be there um because as you say you've got big names kyle larson brad sweet you've got all of this uh going for you you're on flow racing which is huge in and of itself um it's a conglomerate it's not just an independent streaming platform like the outlaws have um and again not to disrespect anything about the outlaws but just looking at it from a business standpoint this is going to be a fascinating thing i just wonder if you're a low buck racer like yourself trying to um to build a 410 sprint car career I would, if I were high limits, I would be focusing more on you than on how much Kyle Larson can win when he wins his own race. Because I feel like there's way more of you in the country that are looking for the ability to go compete at this level than there are Kyle Larson's. Um, Oh, I agree. And, and And there's a lot of people on my feed, like drivers that we race against, I mean, they're they're all looking at this, and they're they're really itching. They want to know the schedule. They want right. to know the payouts. They want to know they want to know all the information they can get on this. Um, even 360 drivers, because in today's world, uh, 360s don't cost much less than 410s. That's right. And so uh, the the way it's going right now, um, it, it like anything else, 305s have gotten more expensive, and 360s have just gotten more expensive to the point where you'd almost be better off just to have a 410. And so there's a lot of 360 drivers that are sitting here thinking, if I were to sell all of my 360 stuff and I go run this high limit deal, I get a couple 410s, I can go run the whole series on about, you know, maybe three engines. You know, I can get yeah. three engines and I don't have to race. Uh, I'm, I'm going to have the prestige of what the Outlaws may have to offer. And I'm, I'm going to, it's not going to cost nearly as much as it would have right and there's just uh there's a lot of oh there's a lot of people that are just dying to see a schedule and it's only october (laughs) so we've got a little bit i'm I'm sure i don't i don't see them releasing a schedule uh real soon probably probably be december um but i don't know we'll we'll see how it goes i would uh honestly brandon i would disagree with with uh, or at least i would hope i i would disagree with that because uh the pri show is early december in indy and that's the motorsport show of shows and the other thing is is you know all of these these corporations businesses are setting their sponsorship budgets for next year right now and so i would think here would be my thought. I would think that that by this time, um, even though we haven't seen a schedule yet, I would think that it's well down the road of being finalized because they're going to want to have that out probably, I would guess, in the next 30 days 
Um, and uh, I'd be surprised if it wasn't. Um, but again, if uh, you know, positioning's everything here. If if one of them needs to be positioned as the working man's series, if yeah. if one of them could figure out a way to make it easier for you and Brad Bowden and other four ten racers who don't have uh, half a million dollars to 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 shell out to go run a series. Um, and and can't be you know away all year from their families and their jobs and all of that. If 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 somebody could figure that formula out, I I think um, it would be an interesting recipe. And I almost think if I'm the world of outlaws, if I see that high limits catering to the to again to the top teams to the to the you know they're putting everything on on top to win. Um, and not really making it a whole lot easier for, um, you know, the, the guys that are the local and regional racers that get picked up and added to, to this field of cars as they travel around. Um, I think I'm going, going to try to shift my attention to those types of racers and say, okay, you know, we're going to do this, this, and this, and, you know, here's what we're going to do. And I don't know, I don't have all the answers as to, to exactly what that all looks like, but I think somebody's got to be focused on the lower buck guy and the local and regional guys more so than the big teams. And that's where I think what I saw from high limit, and you feel free to disagree, but what I see from high limit is, you know, it's really all about the teams at the top and it's not so much about the average racer who is trying to go out and compete. Um, you know, they're more concerned with, with paying, you know, big amounts to win and, and, and for the top spots rather than necessarily at the bottom, though I don't know that even the bottom of it may be, you know, significantly better in the outlaws races. I have not seen the purses side by side to compare them. Yeah. Well, I haven't seen purses side by side either, honestly. And, I haven't seen a, I haven't seen a purse for the for the high limit other than what the winner gets. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, you know, and so uh, you know, and you were talking about the working man's uh, series. There is no working man series. ASCS isn't a working man series. If, no, if but you're it's swinging, about the closest if, thing. Well, if you're swinging from east to west on a national level, you're probably not going to cater to the working man. Right. I mean, you're still you're still going to have to pack your bags. You're going to have sure. to go there come back whether you're flying home doing whatever it is you got to do and that goes back to what i was saying was if high limit will keep the midweek thing the like 12 races yeah uh, that that is more likely to be a working man series uh which oh. i'm sure all the all the high limit guys would still run it it's also midweek but, though <laughs> right and when you but, should be working right but you also don't have uh, you you don't have sixty races to go run. You can you yeah. can go run those twelve. That's a little. I, I bit guess different. what I should have said instead of working man's is the sort of lower buck racer because I feel like the all star series. That's how that to me. I understand it still costs what it costs to go run those forty or fifty or whatever races, but it was a lot less to have to find and spend. Then you know eighty to ninety, right? You know, and they, travel. They didn't have to, That's they didn't what I'm have saying. To travel. They're not going all the way west, and no, they they had a good thing going as far as that goes. But you know, 
but there isn't much for I'm complaining because there's not much for ten racing that goes on around here. We have right. we have to go a long way to travel. Right. But those guys, you know, that that four ten country up there, they didn't have to go very far. Well that's and so true. It's, it's, yeah. it's ideal it's ideal for those, but for guys like me when, when high limits coming to Kansas or Missouri or you know, when they're coming out this way, you know, I'm licking my chops and I wanna go run what's close. And so if if they're gonna run a lot of races, you know, Indiana and places like that around here where I don't have to go way up east, um, you know, it, it changes the game for guys like me. And uh and like I said, and even Han and Tim's and like those guys. So that's what I'm saying is um, you know, the outlaws need to be trying to reach out to those guys and, and convince them of reasons to come run with them instead because I think um, I just I, I keep going back to it. I, I'm gonna I just still believe in my eyes. High Limits is gonna have the the best product um, as of now, and so um, I, I I'm just I'm anxious I, to see what the schedule looks like. I'm anxious to see what purchase uh, or purchase <laughs> what the what the fund purses, is. Yeah, yeah, the purses and, and the fund is <laughs> and for the championship and. And even the guys like you're talking about, like what does 15th place get, what does 10th place get, yeah. so on and so forth. Um, I'm, I'm anxious to see all of that because I think that's going to be the deciding factor for most people. Um, but we'll, we will see. Um, we, we probably should do another podcast once we have all that information. Oh, I'm so sure we, we will, we yeah. Can, so that we can uh, dive into that and, and maybe our opinions will change. You know, high limit may not be as great as, as – as I thinking it's going to be, you know, it, it may, it may not be what I think it's going to be, but, um, just based off of rumors out here and, and, uh, things I'm seeing, I, I just, as of now, I think they've got uh, the better play. Um, well, and, and see one of the things I'm going to be curious about, and, and, and I addressed this a minute ago, this, and this, when we see the schedule, this will answer it is in the first year under high limit, you know, how much different does the schedule and the tracks and all that, is it still more or less a regional schedule with the addition of some big races, you know, added to, like you mentioned, Gold Cup and some other, um, or do they sort of tip the tables right out of the box and go, okay, here's a whole new thing. So that'll be one thing to to watch. But here's my question to you. Because it it it's it always seemed to make sense to me that that there ought to be in addition to national there ought to be regional divisions in in this type of racing just like I always think about go karts and how they have you know a southeast series and a midwest series and a west coast series and a northeast series for the some of these go kart sanctioning bodies do that sort of thing so that you know you even if you don't want to travel nationally you can still do well running regionally and i know ascs has a facet of that as well or they did anyway and yeah, they still do okay and so um in your uh, again as a as a driver who who isn't at, at least at this point is not uh you don't have the funding to to travel even 60 races all over the country um d- would you think that it could be interesting if one of those two organizations decided to sort of do the the regional thing and um 
and allowed for the most number because again maybe you know maybe you can't go out and run 80 races but you might be able to compete in 25 regional races um you know for for one of these series does it because again this is kind of what tony stewart had uh what the all-stars currently are in 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 a way um would that make sense to you that that somebody should be thinking regionally rather than just nationally well it i again we've heard i have heard that rumor before too i've heard about maybe the outlaws having something regionally i mean ascs for instance i like what they do like so like if we if we come into the missouri uh area they'll have a national race but it'll be a warrior region race at the same time As well, so yeah. like if, if you're if you're following the warrior region you're getting warrior points if right. you're following the national tour you're getting national tour points and so that's good and cause so when the national tour does come through they go away you know you're they're gonna they're gonna have they're gonna draw uh in both series whether national right. or that re or that region yep. and you're going to get points for that region and so you know you're you're getting a good look at drivers that that do run just the regional races and and, and they get that national um the, that national uh what was the word before they 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 get that publicity they right. get to run on the national level still uh and run for that money but it's definitely worth talking about i i don't see that happening maybe for a couple of years or something like high limit or the outlaw um i don't i i just i don't I don't hear enough about that. Yeah. So maybe that's not something that'll happen yet, but it definitely could be something that they look at in the future. Um, I I love what ASCS is doing. Uh, I, we won the regional championship back when we when we yes, ran that deal. But you know, going back to that was the one and only year we ran points. But like, I uh, I didn't want to run for points again after that year because um, there was a rain out. And short track nationals wasn't an ASCS race at the time. Okay. And we actually had the championship locked up. We didn't even have to run the last two races. We oh, had, wow. we had, we already had it won. And I wanted to go run short track, but I was told that if I go run short track, then my points would basically be gone and I would lose. Oh, the here again. We're, you know, and yeah. so, and, and nothing against them. I mean, the rule was the rule, but after that, I decided I didn't want to run for points anymore. I wanted to run what I wanted to run. And so that goes back to why this, I think, this whole situation has come about. Um, so yeah, I do think regional racing should be a thing in the future. It should be, it should be talked about, and I'm sure it's being talked about, but I don't see it being uh, in the near future uh, as of right now. Yeah, I think, uh, I think it would, it, I just think it would be a way, and again, even if you're not thinking of it as I'm running for regional points, it just makes it easier for racers who can't afford to travel across the country to have a decent yeah. schedule of races to still run uh, with your organization. 20, 20, 20 and 25 races is doable. Yeah. Um, and, you know, something like Power Eye. Power Eye has been trying to do it, which I feel like they run Lake Ozark 80% of the time. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, but, but Power Eye, Power Eye <laughs> tried, to, tried to do the same thing. I mean, they've been trying to have a region – of 410 racing down here and you know you've got moa but moa runs friday nights in illinois probably 80 percent of the time 90 yeah. percent of the time so you know there are there are some series out there that are that have that regional feel um but they're, they're still not close to me yeah uh not all of them but so that that is out there that option is out there um and the moa thing is a good good thing to run when you don't have uh very much funding um and they're good guys 
Um, I uh, I've really enjoyed running with Moa. Yeah. And the Power Eye guys, Alan Staley, like I know a lot of those guys, and I have a lot of fun with those guys too. But uh, if the Outlaws or High Limit decides to do a regional thing, it's really it's really going to hurt them. So um, I don't know. I don't know where the regional thing will stand. Yeah, it's just interesting. I just feel like you're you're really limiting the market when you have one series that you have to run, you know, 80 or 90 races to win or even 60 because that 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 makes it very difficult um, you know, unless you unless it is just irresistible and easy for for new teams to jump on board, you're only catering to the top end of a market and I think having, you know, a regional or an east west or, you know, that type of thing aspect to a series in 2023 makes a whole lot of sense um and and it is something that should be I think be looked at by either high limit or the outlaws really both um and maybe something where because i i really do um i feel like as you said at the top this is a huge deal and i feel like it's going to put the world of outlaws on their on their heels a bit they're going to have to this is not a fly-by-night series that's going to come in and totally stink and be gone in two or three years. Yeah, um, they're not. They're not going anywhere. No, this isn't going to disappear. They're going to get bigger. And yes. and so I think if you're the world of outlaws, if I'm, uh, you know, the the if I'm in those meetings, I am saying we've got to be thinking about something radical here. We've got to find a way to um, to be different enough. And to figure out who exactly, and I, I think High Limit needs to do the same, if if High Limit's um, target driver is, is, is the Kyle Larsons and the Rico Abrews and all of those, well, that's one thing. But if, if um, I think somebody has got to be the alternative because they both aren't going to get Kyle Larson and Brad Sweet and Donnie Schatz and they're not going to, they're not going to, you know, one of them isn't going to get all of those. You may, you may get some crossover, but you're not going to. So I think somebody, and if I'm the world of outlaws, I am, I am thinking, okay, we've got to introduce some sort of differentiation here to say, okay, you know, well, they got all the big teams, but we're, here's what we're going to do. And here's how we're going to do it. I just think it's going to take something, you know, otherwise, I think the outlaws. I would agree. I think the outlaws. It's going to be hard to. Yeah, that's you know. why I said at the beginning that that this is why capitalism works. It's why competition yep. is good. Yep. Because this, this is why I, I think the future is bright. I think that, um, I think this is going to help racing uh, overall. Four ten because they are four ten racing. Yep. I think it's. I think they are going to. I think they're going to both up the game. They're going to keep finding ways to make racing better. Uh, I'm telling you, the Outlaws isn't going anywhere. I know I sound. I may have sounded like I've dogged them a lot today, but I think. Well, no, you're just uh, being honest. I, I just, I just think that situation is what it is. They they made a mistake, but it's not the end of it. I think they're going to come back. They're gonna they're going to do some good things, and it's going to be. It's going to be a good thing. This is going to end up being a good thing in the long run. They're both going to 
I think they're both going to throw out in their own ways. And, you know, and if if High Limit did what it's doing and it has the, the whole midweek thing and you've got the 60 race, yada, yada, but the Outlaws come out with the regional racing, so to speak, well, then that's that's their MO. So, right. you know what I mean? Like, yep. there's a lot of good that, that can still come out from all this and, and everyone still wins. Uh, so, speak, so that would be the idea. And uh, it will be interesting to see where where this goes, because like you said, it definitely introduces some competition. I would have said that, OK, if this were anybody else, any other organization coming in, I would have said that all the sponsors that are big in the outlaws, they're not going anywhere because the outlaws are still the outlaws. This is right. Kyle Larson and High Limit. And if I'm any of the sponsors that are involved with the Outlaws right now, I'm feeling like I have to take a look at this. Yeah. And this um, is literally you're literally your your possibly to be five time champion in a row is the one that you're competing with. It, right. And and uh, just a side note, all the folks that were saying the other night at Devil's Bowl, did you watch Devil's Bowl? I did not. Chance? No, you didn't. Uh, well, for one, it was a crash fest. Yeah, but I heard uh, that. and and Brad Sweet was involved, and there were rumors flying around that the Outlaws had somewhat like held up, like held out for like the red flag, saying you know there was still cleanup to do and and all these things, and so people were saying that they'd done that so that Brad Sweet could have his car put back together and get back on track. Why on earth would they do that? You literally have this guy who is about to start this this mega series exactly. that's going to be competing against you and you do you really want him to be your your next champion and then he exits the series with well, a mic drop you know no you're you're you if anything you would be trying to hurry and help gravel after well, all but well i, I agree and, and that's it well fan, look fans are silly sometimes it's like you know i know that favoritism <laughs> happens but again you know, use some common sense here because you are right. They There is no saving Brad Sweet in the world of outlaws. He's gone. It's not yeah. to say he won't run any outlaw races. Right. If they, you know, if it works out, but he's never going to run for another championship again because he's well, now I mean, got this new series. He owns it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I don't, I don't doubt for a second that they're going to run outlaw races. I mean, sure. Knoxville Nationals. Do you think um, that's still going to be an outlaw race? Do you think that they wouldn't want to run Knoxville Nationals? Do you think that they're not going to want to go to Houston and run for two hundred fifty grand? Like all these other things that are still great. I mean, I'm sure they're going to want to go run um, that have a lot of prestige. So, well, here's um, the Realton hat thing, though. Look at that. Okay, uh, now again, some of these races, you know, maybe outlaw races, well into the future, just by proxy. But I mean, if you're some of these tracks and these bigger shows, I mean. Is there a possibility that we see some of these races flip? Oh, we're getting in the weeds. <laughs> well, but again, is it as a as a well, first of all, as a media person, we have to or a business person, I think right. you have to think about what is the the long-term, you know, thing here. It's really interesting to to think about what could happen and that's why I'm when when you say the outlaws full-blown panic basically I'm agreeing with you. If I'm yeah. if I'm Brian Carter and I'm that group, I am definitely uh you know really really trying to think about, you know, what's our what's our path forward because this these are you know that Tony isn't going to own it anymore. He's still going to be involved. 
Well, he made the in comment the that he it he's not he doesn't have any ownership. He doesn't have like a job, so to speak, with them. But he did mention that any advice that they want, if they if they want to come to him and ask questions, he'd be happy to answer sure. and give his opinion. Absolutely. So he he's about as and that's about as involved as I think he wants to be. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so no, and and I definitely think that uh, if they're smart, they're asking questions because you can learn a lot from Tony. There's a lot of mistakes that Tony probably yep. made that yep. that he could help them avoid. Um, so yeah, if you're smart, you're asking Tony. You're you're bothering Tony all the time. He would probably still feel like he owns the series. But um, uh, but yeah, no, I I think that uh, I think Tony will still be involved somewhat. Um, and. Uh, giving those guys advice and, and helping them along and, and avoid mistakes. Yeah, he'll be a consultant for sure. Now, um, yeah. and I hope, here's what I hope happens. I hope that, that Kyle and Brad and the High Limit folks don't come in as chip bullies. I hope they come in with a really sort of open and uh, I hate using this word nowadays, but inclusive, welcoming. You know, we're 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 not coming in to to you know mow anybody down. We're coming in because we believe that we've got a a plan, a way to improve sprint car racing, and it doesn't just involve you know putting all the money of. Up to the winner, it involves an overall business model that works and helps all racers. Um, and I think if they do that, and if the world of outlaws then, um, which I think needed some competition here, I will definitely say that. Um, I think I think if they look at what they're doing um, and see how they can maybe you know, and I really would like to see them both end up sort of working as frenemies rather than enemies because as you say it was wrong for the outlaws to restrict i hope that high limit doesn't then turn around and restrict because i think that would be pretty much hypocritical and counterproductive i think if you if you basically put a good product out there and you're smart about what you do there are well enough sprint cars around the country to be able to to have two series just like we have for years with the all-stars um but i think kyle and brad need to just be careful not to try to you know grow this thing into a gargantuan thing all at once i think if you take it you know one step at a time and and um you know and, and and you just you just focus on what you're doing i think it'll be fine but it's it's this is a bombshell and it may be the the single biggest announcement in terms of sanctioning uh, that that's that's happened it in 410 sprint car racing in decades and i think um i i think we're gonna have to continue this conversation at a later date once as you say we know more specifics as to what high limit plans to do but uh, brandon uh definitely appreciate you taking some time to be on the show um and uh look forward to like i said continuing the conversation with you as this goes along keep us informed uh with that we're gonna step aside back with more after this farm safe 811 starts with you always call 811 and wait for any underground lines to be marked always keep safety in the back of your mind just stay humble. For more information, go to farmsafe811.org. 
We are back, and uh, thanks again to Brandon Hanks. That was a, a really interesting back-and-forth discussion, I thought. This this move by Kyle and Brad and everybody with high limits really makes this, um, I mean, from, from the standpoint of high limit, um, th- this is just astronomically big. And it it cannot help but in some way reshape the entire uh, 410 sprint car industry. Now, what that looks like, we won't know until we know more about high limits intentions. But I can tell you just from um, being, you know, from a business standpoint, they did not buy this series to keep it the way it is. It would make zero sense that uh, they're going to buy the all-star circuit of champions and keep it as a regional series and only race it in, you know, a relatively small portion of the country. I just don't see that happening. Um, I think they're going to want to add to it. They're going to want to add depth to it in terms of, I believe you'll see more races. I think you'll see, and again, you may not see, um, a whole lot of new for 24. I don't know. It depends where everything's at with regard to next season. If, if, you know, three quarters of the schedule was done and, you know, uh, I don't know how, you know, the whole thing works with contracts being signed and whatever, uh, with tracks or, but, um, I don't know how much different it could look in 24. It could be radical or it could be somewhat but I would think 2025 will be a really interesting. I think you'll see some sort of uh, foreshadowing in 24. I think you will see Kyle and Brad put enough of their own stamp on it that you're going to kind of get an idea of where it's all going starting next year. But, you know, it may not the actual process of it becoming whatever Kyle and Brad envision it to become may take a couple of years. Uh, We'll have to see. But it cannot help but make the world of outlaws take notice because I do not believe for a second that this is a casual move and all they're going to do is change the label. I think Kyle and Brad have much bigger ambitions than that. I would have to think that. So we'll see where this goes. But, it, you know, this this from a business standpoint, from a marketing standpoint, from, you know, the standpoint of just um, and again, you know, the the other side of this that Brandon and I really didn't touch on too much. But if you're a team now that that's been racing in the all-star circuit of champions, the all-star series. What are you thinking right now? It's X amount of races and your radius in which those races are, are, are run is, you know, X, right? Your, your East coast, Midwest dipping into the mid South, um, you, you kind of know where everything happens. You know what it costs to raise for a championship or race competitively in that series. 
So what happens if Kyle and Brad come in and add 15 more races and they're all further west? What does that do to your costs? And how do you deal with that? So the the current racers in the All-Star Series now, this is going to be interesting because I... It, it may be hard for some of those teams. So do that's why I think the idea of regional at this point, I think that all of these national series, now I'm not saying NASCAR should do it um, or IndyCar certainly, but um, with regard to, for example, the world of outlaws, especially the sprint cars, I think that they should look at doing series within the series. So you have your big series, your national series, and you have regional series. And I think that's a way of including teams and getting teams to participate with your series that maybe can't run all the national stuff, but, you know, could support and would be happy to support a, you know, 20 or 30 race or whatever it is, regional schedule. I think that's something that would be worth looking at. And if, if, if people think it isn't, I would like to understand why I'm not being combative. I'm just saying it. somebody, I would love for somebody to explain to me why having regional series inside of the national series couldn't work. ASCS does it. Why couldn't the world of outlaws or high limit? So it'll be interesting. I'm really, really intrigued by this. And I can't wait until we get more detail. I I just, from the standpoint of if I'm high limit, I'm really, I think I'm taking my time a little bit. I'm not going to shake this up all at once, gradually build it up. If I'm the world of outlaws right now, I, I'm very, 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 very nervous. Because there aren't that many big name teams in the Outlaw Series right now. You've got maybe four or five that are elite, well-funded teams. Half dozen, maybe. That's it. Um, now, there's, there are another group of teams that are pretty good, pretty well-funded. pretty They can make it to most or all of the shows, but they're not, you know, TSR or... Casey Kane or whoever, right? Um, they World of Outlaws has enjoyed, uh, I would argue, has enjoyed an upsurge, continuous uptick over the last five to six years, sponsorship-wise and otherwise. And they benefit, obviously, from the fact that there are sprint cars all over the country. But if you look at the amount of teams that actually go travel and run the entire series and you take away... TSR and Casey Kane and maybe, you know, two or three others. Oh, boy. What do you do now? Do the fans still want to go watch your races? Do the fans still want to subscribe to your live stream? How do you how do you navigate that if it happens? And it could. So. This is going to be a very interesting chess match here, and it's going to be an interesting business situation to watch should be a lot of fun 
I'm, I can't wait to see where all this goes. So I hope that you've enjoyed this show. I hope you enjoyed uh, getting to hear from Jesse Love and can't wait. They, the breaking news was that after I did the interview, uh, Danny Stockman returned to RCR to crew chief Jesse for next year. That's going to be huge. Danny's won championships and he loves working with younger drivers. That's huge. They've made a big commitment to Jesse. So it'll be interesting to see how that all works out. And uh, again, hope you enjoyed uh, the discussion with Brandon. Um, NASCAR, of course, at Martinsville this weekend. Can't wait for all of that. Modified race has already taken place. Um, That was uh, a very interesting race. Ron Silk ends up winning the championship for the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour. And he hadn't won a championship in something like, gosh, it's been at least a dozen years, I think. So that was good to see. It was an interesting race to watch. A lot of cautions, but um, some really really, uh, big-time wrecks. But um, turned out to be uh, a great race. And to see Silk walk away with the title, Ryan Priest, of course, winning the race, that was that was cool. So now we uh, we await the Xfinity Series and the Cup Series to see who makes it to the Final Four and goes to Phoenix to run for a championship. Should be a lot of fun. We'll talk about all of that next week, and we'll talk to Stephen Ovens about uh, live streaming, positives and negatives if you're a track owner. So all that and more coming up on the next Tom Baker Show. Until then... For more great content, go to steeringwheelnation.com and register and uh, join whatever channels you'd like and get your automated newsletter once a week. So that way, if you miss anything during the week and you want to ask our content, you get it all in your newsletter on Fridays. Steeringwheelnation.com is free and tons of content from across the racing world, and we're expanding all the time. Until next time, I'm Tom Baker. Thanks for listening to the show. So long. You've been listening to The Tom Baker Show.